This week's show brought to you by Strike Kings, Kings of Bass TV. Tune into season three of KOB TV on the Kings of Bass YouTube channel and check out episode number three. With over 30 years on tour, KVD's goals haven't changed. Winning Angler of the Year and taking home championship trophies, Kevin Van Dam tackles three different lakes in Monroe, Louisiana on the first stop of the 2022 Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. Make sure to click the subscribe button and leave a comment on the video to be eligible to win a Lose Signature Series Kevin Van Dam 7-foot square bill red-eye shad rod, a BB-1 Pro 6-2-to-1 baitcast reel, and some awesome Strike King Series 3 crankbaits. Find out more on Kings of Bass YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I'm a burnick on the water, man. I fish hard. What's up, kids? Another Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, episode 249 coming at you. Got a fun show today. Lou Minetti, your Bassmaster Classic College Qualifier. It's a mouthful. He's going to join us here in just a little bit. Talk about his win, team of the year. And you'll want to check this out because Lou and his partner did this, right? In a 1998 Ranger Sport R72, or R72 Sport, it is a bad-A little boat. I actually used to own one. It was my first ever bass boat ever. And um, matter of fact, if I could find it, I want it back. But uh, a great story from Lou. Uh, He talks about Team of the Year, talks about how he broke everything down. Uh, from New Jersey, UNC Charlotte grad or uh, student, might be a grad, I think he's done. And uh, yeah, you'll hear his story and more and uh, a lot going on. We also talk about a little um, little walleye gate, lead gate, whatever you want to talk about. I know the memes are everywhere. It's all over the internet. If you haven't heard about it, you're under a rock. And I mean, it's been on Fox News, been on Sirius XM, you name it, it's all over the place. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, my wife and I are lined up for our annual cruise next week. So, um, to say that I'm checking out, well, that's an understatement. Y'all hang tight. More to come right here. Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. What's up, folks? Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I'm Chris Brown, along with social media ninja, Mr. David Zhang, and of course, the one and only AC Insider, Mr. Kenneth Grover. KG went pro on pro last week, huh? How'd, how'd that turn out for you? Uh, well, it's been a couple of weeks now, but oh, a couple hey, weeks? time flies when you're having I, fun. Shit, I, dude, I... I <laughs> I I don't I don't know what day it is. I really don't. And I'm I'm I'm. You can ask David. I'm. It's been a week, and it's only Thursday. I was so. just I was just trying to give you a hard time. Oh, okay. you, trust me, you're good at that. Cool. But so anyway, so a couple weeks ago, pro on pro. It's been since we talked. Yeah. So uh, how was uh, how was that experience for you? Well, you know, I, I decided to fish the two day BFL, uh, the Choo Choo Division on Pickwick, and uh, I kind of entered a little bit late, so. Um, they had plenty of co-anglers when I entered, of course, but you know, the way they do that deal is 
unless you unless you've linked ahead of time and i was already past that cutoff i couldn't but uh if you have not linked then if they end up with more voters and you you don't know it's a crapshoot so right they do their meeting uh, via zoom now so right at the end of the zoom meeting he's like we've got one boat on boat draw it's boat number five so if you're boat number five you're boat on boat draw oh no it wasn't probably 30 seconds after he said that i get the text message you know, of, of who my partner is, then I'm boat number <laughs> five. Number five. <laughs> well, I got your text and it said, you know, you said, of course, there's one boat on boat draw and it's me. And uh, so I, I want to know what's, what's that conversation like? How does that go down as far as who's taking whose boat? Well, you know, I, I, because uh, I know how you are. I know how you are about your stuff. So, you know, I, I had two choices here. I, I, I could, I could stick my guns and say, you know, hey, I've I've paid the full entry fee. I've entered this as a boater. My goal is to win this tournament. I'm not going to let anything stop, you know, stop me from trying to do that. Right. But I decided I would look him up real quick and see how good of a year or see if he's fished the whole year. Right. It turns out he had fished the whole year. Um, I think he was in 60th place. So I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't I don't have a chance to go to the regional. 60th place, if he fishes pretty well, you know, th- this is – a point and a half tournament. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of points to make shot. up. There's there's a chance. I, I knew fishing would be tough too, so I knew there was a chance he he could slide up in there and make it. Now, then I, then I end up on the phone with him, and he's like, he's like, well, he's you know, well, well, I kind of brought him. He didn't even know. He didn't even uh, you know listen to the meeting, so he had no no idea what was going on. I said, well, we're, we're boat on boat draw. They didn't listen to the meeting. We were in the damn parking lot at Walmart, you know, years ago. Nobody listened to that meeting. So that, that's true. But, but, yeah. uh, you know, I told him we were boat on boat draw. So he, he, I mean, he kind of acted like he didn't really care much. And I'm like, I said, well, I see you're in 60th place. He said, well, I thought it was, you know, a hundredth, somewhere in the hundreds. I said, no, you're in 60th. I said, there's, there's a chance you can slide <laughs> up if you do well. <laughs> so, um, so we decided to go in his boat. I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to put him in a position, uh, even though I felt comfortable that we could both catch fish. I didn't want to put him in a position to where if we struggled throughout the day that he would be thinking, you know, Hey, if, if I could have gone in my boat, I, I might could have made the regional because I mean, that's a big deal. That's the reason why you fish BFLs. Sure. If you fish the entire season, that's, that's what your goal is qualify for the regional. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, I gave in, you know, pretty easy. Now, the hardest thing for me is because I, I, I don't typically fish in other people's boat. I I, I rarely do it. So I, I have my boat set up how I like to fish all the time. Right. And I, I've had already kind of prepared for this tournament. Knew it was going to be tough. I have I had some options in the back of my head that I wanted to try throughout the day. So my boat was pretty much loaded down like almost like a sportsman's warehouse tackle store. <laughs> Full, ready to roll. Yes. So now I'm, now I'm, uh, you know, we're after the meeting. He and I've already talked about it. Now I've got the dilemma of how do I pack my gear? (laughs) (laughs) That was, so were you, were you already there? Were you already at the lake? No, 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 no. I I was, I was at home. Uh, I I just, I just drove over in the morning. Pickwick's not too bad of a, it's an easy drive. Right drive over in the morning i did not practice on friday so yeah i'm sitting in my garage trying to figure out what i'm going to take without you know having too much gear dragging the whole boat over there 
So yes, yes, you know, being that co-angler that brings too much stuff. <laughs> what I'm trying to avoid, but um, that, that wouldn't be you. That wouldn't be you. I can never imagine you bringing too much stuff. So at all, me, yes, uh, you probably not. So I, I I had a lot less options than I was hoping I would have throughout the day, gotcha. but but you know we made it work. I mean, that, and that's that's what you have to. I mean, I I'm kind of half kidding on some of this, but. You know, that's what you have to do. The boat on boat draw is not a big deal unless you make it a big deal. Right. And, you know, you, you got to, if the two anglers will kind of, will communicate and make the right decision and, um, you know, do what's best for, for, for both anglers. We both agreed, you know, hey, we would fish his stuff for a while. We'd fish mine for a while and kind of see how the day planned out. You know, we didn't care who was up front or if we were both up front. Oh, wow. We're, we're, we're both very open in, you know, how to handle it. Um now, I don't know that I've ever been in the boat with someone that their trolling motor was on high the whole time. But I mean, that, that was, that was an interesting, that was interesting, but um, it, you know, it, it, and that's there, you know, it's kind of neat to get in the boat with, with other people sometimes and, sure. and see how they operate and what they do. And, you know, compared to what you do, because it, it's amazing how different anglers are. Right. And it, 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 it kind of proves the point we talk about all the time. You can't fish other people's fish. Mm-hmm. Well, when you spend time in the boat with other people, you kind of understand that because how they think, how they function, what they do in the boat is sometimes drastically different than, than what you would do. Right. But something as simple as boat position could mean all the difference in the world of someone being able to catch fish off a spot that someone else told them. Sure. Sure. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you survived and, uh, and, and got through that. Uh, well, I mean, did you, did you come back and hug your boat or do anything like that? I mean, did you, were you happy to, to get back to it? So, uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm kind of fond of my boat, so <laughs> he is David. He's very fond of your, of his boat. That's for sure. So David, what were you, uh, what were you up to this past weekend? Not, not as much fun as Kenneth, I guess it sounded like, but, uh, no, we just, uh, helped my mother-in-law unpack some stuff and, Built her a new bed, and that was pretty much it. So nothing fun. Nothing fun. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> that's fun. that's that's good to know. <laughs> All right. Built your mother-in-law a new bed. Well, good. Well, congratulations on that. Hope she hope she got a good night's sleep on that thing. So, uh, well, good. Well, we've got a. Uh, of course, it's been well. Did we? Yeah, we recorded a lot, dude. I'm lost. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just. Yeah. I'm lost. Daryl Gleason was on. That's right. Daryl was on. We talked about the Toyota Bonus Bucks tournament coming up. They're at Hartwell right now, fishing the Open, the last Southern. Uh, as we record this, weighing is still going on. Um, and, you know, um, some would say it's a short-term syndrome. It's not. I'm just simply overloaded, and my, my give-a-damn is – really close to not working anymore I, actually it's not working uh at all but uh we are um yeah been been, been a crazy week since we talked to daryl last week so been good but been a little crazy at the same time but uh we're excited to welcome in tonight we're going to have him on here in just a little bit uh lewis manetti who actually i'm trying to think where, where did he finish in the he won the college bracket, but I'm trying to see where he was in the championship when they won that because they brought the top eight, right? Top eight teams came to fish this, and I don't – so 
we'll get all the details on that, but he's going to be on, talk about his win uh, at the uh, college bracket championship. Date was shortened by a day due to Hurricane Ian. Uh, we'll talk to him, uh, get some details there. And then in the last segment, we'll get into a little bit of you pickums. Um, if you're, if you're emailing me that, that, you know, I'm just, I'm still behind. I'm sorry. It's just, it's been a shit show, KG. I'm just going to put it to you that way. It's, it's been a shit show and it's going to be for the next two weeks, but, uh, we'll maybe three, I don't know, maybe for the rest of the year, who knows? So, <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't know that I really want to know. Uh, I, well, I don't know that I want to share in that. You don't want to share in it, but I would tell you a lot of the basis to the majority of this goes back to something that you have told me and bitched at me about all year long, and that is computers updating automatically, right? Turn that stuff off and do it when you can. So I did, and but one machine wasn't that way, and it updated right before the Pro-Am deal we filmed last week. So in the middle of the Pro-Am deal, I'm realizing that I have graphics and things that don't work. And I'm like, why don't they work? Right. While uh, while y'all are out there filming and fishing and doing doing your deal, um, they don't work. So I get home and I start going through it, and uh, not only do they not work, but the most recent update has corrupted a file that I've been working on for quite a while for a tournament coming up the week after I return. So. So, um, my week has been nothing like doing it twice. Well, nothing like doing it twice. Hopefully it's gotten better, but, um, yeah. So we've, we've changed hard drives. We've changed all kinds of things and now we're bigger, better. And, um, it's about 70% done. And I leave as you listen to this, I will, if you listen to this in the morning, I'm still at the house working. Listen to this in the afternoon. I'm on the road working. Driving to Port Canaveral, my wife and I are going on our annual cruise next week. And go ahead and ask, David. Ask me where we're going. Is it the same place? I have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) I really don't know. All I know is I have to be on the boat at 10 a.m. Saturday morning in Port Canaveral, Florida. That's it. That's all I know. And that's my next deadline right then and there. And that's it. That's all I got. So that's all I got. I don't, I don't, I don't know where it goes. I don't care where it goes at this point. And everybody's like, "We mean, you don't care where it goes. You got to care where it goes." I really don't. I really don't. You, you, so. you know who you're going with, and she's handled it all. That's all she's, that matters. She has, and it's probably gonna get me in trouble. But she has handled it all, and uh, done a great job with it. And uh, yeah, so I'm, um, I'm pretty lost at this point. But I'll get there. I'll be all right, but it's it's been been one of those weeks. So, but we'll get back in the groove here. I promise. So next week, no show. Uh, but the week after, we'll have a we'll have a big uh, a big show to talk about. Then, I'm sure we'll have some more classic qualifier, uh, elite series qualifiers, and all that good jazz uh, as we get ready to go into. Because the last open is when David. That's coming up here. What is it in the schedule? Let's do that. The last open comes up. 
well, the week after I get back at Sam Rayburn. So we got to basically the week while I'm gone, ain't nobody fishing but the kayak kids. And then when I come back, then we've got Rayburn, which will be the final open of the year. And then, of course, the nation in November and then the team championship in December. And that'll decide all of your classic qualifiers. But, uh, yeah, so still a little bit of fishing left to go uh, and things going on right there. So take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll talk to Lewis and uh, find out how he won the classic qualifier bracket. That's a little different deal than uh, everything else they're fishing. Find out how you won that. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get into some. I'm sure there's some. There, I'm sure there's probably bound to be a cheating scandal somewhere around here, right? I don't know, but uh, we'll figure something out. So, right here, Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Finally, a tobacco-free dip that doesn't suck. Fully loaded products are made with one goal in mind to help you switch from tobacco. Made with food-grade ingredients and the cleanest nicotine available, Fully Loaded only uses pure lab-derived nicotine with zero trace of the tobacco-based chemicals known to cause cancer. Fully Loaded Tobacco-Free Dip allows you to control how you quit and is available from zero nicotine, half nicotine, to full nicotine with 0% cancer-causing agents. 100% tobacco-free and 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You deserve to live fully loaded. Find out more at fullyloadedchew.com and use code ANGLERS25 for 25% off your first order. Get fully loaded today. From our friends at Vicious Fishing, reminding you it's time to get out of the water and get vicious. Elite Series Pro Brandon Lester relies on Vicious Fishing Line as it's helped him to two wins and a second place in Angler of the Year this year on the Bassmaster Open and Elite Series Tours. Be like Brandon. Get spooled up with Vicious Fishing Line and get vicious. Check out GetVicious.com and tell them the Angler's Channel guys sent you. Welcome back, folks. So we're brought to you by our friends at Strike King Lure Company. Of course, Lou's Rods and Reels. Products made for winners. Speaking of winners, excited to welcome in your Bassmaster Classic Qualifier Champ. Is is that right, Lou? Is that is that what it is? Is that how you say it? Uh yeah. I mean, it's a uh yeah, I guess I never really thought about it until right now. It is quite a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is. And leave it to Bass to, to, to make it quite a mouthful. But uh, so your so your college classic bracket, let me think of, let me back it up. The Bassmaster College Classic Bracket Championship or champion. I, um, I think you killed it that yeah, time. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I'm, or I'm going to kill something here at some point. But, yeah, so <laughs> that, uh, yeah, very – that's – Dude, that's a heck of a deal there. It it is. Um, it's you know, truly, you know, the whole the whole thing really is just a a dream tournament. I think uh, Glenn, our tournament director, put it perfectly when he called it a dream maker, and and you know that's exactly what it is. It's it's an amazing deal. So a dream maker. You're a kid from New Jersey. There's a few other kids mm -hmm. from New Jersey I know of that have that have 
gone <laughs> to this event and 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 won this event. But um, down at UNC Charlotte, what brought you to UNC yep. Charlotte? Yeah, so uh, Charlotte, basically, so t- I'll take you back a little further, honestly. It's the sure. best way to kind of explain how I got to Charlotte. Um, I, I started fishing tournaments when I was probably uh, 14 in, in there. Um, I started with the New Jersey Bass Nation Youth, um, kind of fishing the, the youth clubs and and the youth nation back in the day. And, um, you know, just a... <laughs> Kind of, kind of unfortunate, but at the end of the day, fortunate scenario where New Jersey youth fishing and high school fishing really never got to, to be very big up until recent. Um, so, you know, all of those those bigger name schools you, you frequently hear about, your, your Bethels and, and Brian and, right. and McKendry and, and, and a number of others. Um, you know, I never never got reached out to from, from any of those places. So... I, I knew I wanted to fish in college. Um, college fishing at the time, obviously, was getting bigger and bigger to, to the point where it is today. Um, and I wanted to go somewhere that, that had some sort of, you know, college fishing program, um, as well as was, was affordable, um, was accessible. And, and another big thing that was really key to me um, is, is that I knew I would be fishing at. You know, some of these bigger fishing schools, um, you have to make your way onto the team. Right. And I didn't want to go down there on lakes I was unfamiliar with and have to, you know, try and qualify to make a team. I wanted to go down there and, and just fish. So that's kind of how I ended up at Charlotte. Um, and yeah, man, I, I love it here. That's awesome. That's awesome. We've got some, uh, some good friends that live in the Charlotte area. Um, how do you like Norman? I'm sure you fish Norman quite a bit. Yeah, no, Norman <laughs> is, is not, but, Oh man, it, it 25 30 minutes at the most um it, it's kind of right down the road it's it's really become my quote-unquote home lake um and i how do i like it it's uh it's a love hate I, I, that's the best way to put it that's that's everybody's everybody's description of uh, of norman so so i'm gonna back up a minute too last week uh, a good friend of ours sent a story over uh, okay. from uh, Luke Stoner from Dynamic Sponsorships, and it was called Torn Boat Seats and College Team of the Year Titles. And, of course, dude, I'm getting old. I hadn't put two and two together until um, just a few minutes ago, and, and David can attest to this because he saw the light bulb go off. But um, So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at this story and reading this story, and you've got a, a 96 Ranger. Is that right? That is correct, yes. <laughs> dude. So, funny story, my first boat was a 97 R72 Sport, just like yours. Oh, But yes. mine, was, mine was white and teal. And, yeah, uh, I've I had, seen those. I had the bigger engine. I had the 124. So, I don't know how fast yours will run, but mine would do about 43 with my hair on fire, run across the lake. And, dude, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, it was, it was, she was fast. It, you, had to really, you had to really buckle down the controller. Um I'm yeah. in, I'm impressed by this dude. I'm I'm really impressed by you in this little boat. This is pretty cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really it it's been nothing short of an amazing boat. I will just to backtrack a little bit. Um, uh, on the boat itself, I've hit 
I hit 51 one time. It was, uh, it was the, <laughs> don't ask I, I, to this day. I don't know how it happened. It was running, running with the current with a heck of a tailwind. That's how you do it. So. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, and but no, no it's, we, our average top speed is never more than, I don't know, 43, 44. Um, and throughout the year through, through winning team of the year and, and the bracket, um, man, I, I think we hit 46 one time flying in some good chop on the Harris chain. Other than that, we ran about 35 most times because we needed to conserve gas. Sure. Sure. That n- not a very big KG. Here's how big that tank is in that boat. You ready for it? You know where the mm-hmm. dam is uh, at Pickwick it's at the lower end, right? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. At the yep. lower end. I couldn't make it to the back of Bear Creek in that boat. I didn't have enough gas. That's how bad it. That, that's how small of a tank it was, right? And ain't no room for extra yeah. gas because you ain't got nope. a lot of room, period, at all. No, and, <laughs> and and by by tournament rules, we are unable to carry extra gas. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I see you've got the little the, the little deck extender like I had. I mean, you had to because there's no room on the front deck. I mean, there's nothing. See, once you once you add that that deck extension, you almost feel like you're in a big boat just for a half second, <laughs> um, and then that then you kind of buy everything else, start to remember what kind of boat you're in. <laughs> so my old fishing my old fishing partner when I lived in Memphis, he he bought that boat for me, and I I jumped up to a a 21 foot bass cut, I think at the time, but he still has go. he still has that boat, and I've told him I said, dude, when you get ready to sell it, I want to buy it back. Because that was yeah. the, that was the most fun little go anywhere, do anything little boat you want. I mean, I've been in big big waves with it, and I've been back in some super skinny water with it. And um, yeah, all of thirty four for forty three miles an hour, dude. It was get to hold on, <laughs> KG. Get to hold on, big time on that one. So, dude, that's awesome. Will will you fish the classic in that boat? So I, I don't know um, <laughs> if you've been tuning in or, or, or have seen some of the college meme pages. But, I have uh, no. There, uh-uh. there's, yeah, so there's a number of, of social media pages out there. You know, where a bunch of college guys get together and, and kind of joke around, post funny stuff. And, and there's been, you know, kind of joking posts made. Um, saying, you know, Bassmaster, let, let Lewis, Lewis run the R72 in the class. Absolutely. And so on and so forth. Um, but honestly, as much as I would love that, and I think that boat deserves it, um, she, she deserves more to be not, not put down and, and, and given rest, but, uh, definitely given rest and, and a little bit of a cleanup and, uh, at least for me, I, I said it, you know, when I when I hooked it up on the way back, on the way down to Greenwood last week, I said, you know what, I think win, lose, or draw, this is probably it for for big tournaments in the old girl. Wow, I hate that, dude. I I tell you what, you <laughs> coming that I mean that right there. I'm I'm looking at a picture of it, and um, I, I'm, I'm Rangers a big a, a big sponsor of ours, a partner of ours, and that's dude, that's impressive. I mean, it it just it, it really is. I mean, it's it's just. A twelve volt trolling motor or twenty or do you have a twenty four? It's got the twenty four volt oh, okay. uh, motor right. guide tour. That Almost thing, as fast I as mean, that one fifteen. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and bulletproof. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> you can run that thing through anything. That is uh, that that is impressive. Very impressive. So let's talk about your season, well, team of the year. 
Um, yeah. And, and I'm going to go back once. If, if there's a vote to bring the old girl to Knoxville to, to run her, dude, I'm, you got my vote. Okay. And not that it matters, hey. but we're all, we're all in on the R, on the R72 coming to, you know, coming hey. to Knoxville. So, but, um, if we can get, if we can get Bassmaster to approve of it, um, I, I am here for, it. I'll tell you this much. Um, I, I, for one, and I'm going to try my hardest to get that thing somewhere on the expo floor. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, I think that would be a pretty I, dang cool experience. I would, I would just want to be David. I would want to be in the parking lot, you know, when they pull in before they go in the arena and they got all of all the kids, <laughs> like the local high school team out there and they're, and they're washing the boats down and scrubbing them. I would want to, I would want a video with them when, 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 when Lewis's boat pulled in. You know, in, in the R72, trying to wash and wipe that thing down to get it spiffed up, you know, to go into the arena. That would be uh, be pretty classic. So, all right, back to fishing. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah, back back no. to fishing. So, team of the year, you guys had, yeah, obviously had a good year if you ended up with team of the year this year. Yeah, it, it, it truly, I mean, honestly, before, um, before all this, obviously, it, it was a special year. Um, I really did set out genuinely um, with the goal to win it. I had a, a absolutely brutal year. I was just uh, talking to Ronnie Moore about this earlier today. Um, I fished. So I, I fished in the college series all four years I was in college. And the last two, um, this year and last year, my senior, junior and senior years, I fished all four tournaments. And um, my junior year, I kind of I, I went in just – angry uh, more than anything just angry you know we just kind of came off 2020 covid year um had some problems with with school letting us go to all the tournaments and, and i was just angry and ready to get out there had a great start to the year top 20 to hartwell and then the year just fell apart so this year this year i really really went out with the goal to win team of the year especially partnering up with my buddy michael um i, I fished solo my first three years of college oh, wow. and then partnered up yeah, yeah. Partnered up with him, and and we both kind of looked at each other and said, Let, "Let's take a serious run at this." Okay. So you win team of the year. You get into the um, the obviously the, the the championship and stuff. How did you did you qualify for the bracket based off team of the year? Yes. Okay. So last year, um, it had always been just the top four teams from the national championship, right? And uh, last year. Uh, when when Logan Parks and Tucker Smith made it, that was the first year where the team of the year made the bracket. So so by winning the uh, team of the year title, yeah, we got entry into the bracket. Okay, all right, that's that that makes a lot more sense now. So, um, all right, so going into the brackets, um, who did you have? I mean, you were, did how much time did you spend on Greenwood, or did you, did you practice much down there? Yeah, so the the cool kind of thing about Greenwood, um, I how, how do I put this? Um, we okay. Where do I start? <laughs> um, at the national championship, the final day, day three, we didn't make it. Uh, we we absolutely stunk it up at Winya. Um, Glenn announced to myself, Michael, and the the top three national championship finishers where we would be fishing at Greenwood. Okay, and I was. Personally, absolutely psyched. I knew of the lake, and I, I think probably the other guys were like, "Man, you know, the, the Charlotte guy—he's psyched because you know he's in UNC Charlotte. He's got to be close and 
has to have known the lake. And I was honestly excited because I'd never been to the lake. Right. Um, and, and the reason for that is just, you know, I get a little bit in the X and O's. I, I, I feel like personally in the fall, um, the, the best way you can fish just with how random and, and sporadic and spread out that fish can be. I think the best way to fish is to fish the moment and, and fish free and, and just really fish the conditions and I don't think there's a better way to do that than to go and fish a lake you've never seen before. Okay. So describe Greenwood to us. How big is that lake? What were you looking for when you got there? Um, I believe it is about 11,500 acres. So not very big. Um, it's like, you know, a, a fifth the size of Norman. Right. Um, but, but somewhat similar in that um, it, it's almost like Norman – uh, and, and obviously I wasn't down here quite yet and hadn't been to Norman, but I, I feel like it's probably similar to Norman, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where the spotted bass have really just started to take over the lake and you still have a pretty good largemouth population, um, at least with, with bigger fish, but that, that kind of in between, and this is all stuff I, I really figured out, mm -hmm. um, during practice in the tournament, um, but you know, that in between class fish, that, that two to three pound fish really, really did not seem to show itself this week. Um, and I, I think personally, it's just because the spots haven't been there long enough to get that big and, and the large mouth, you know, of that size are just simply being out competed by those little spotted bass. Sure. Um, so, so I went into the week really just, I, I honestly tried to keep all of it out of my head until I got there because what I said, I, I wanted to fish it with an open mind. I didn't want to do too much research and, and have any preconceived notions. Um, I kind of got there and, you know, we had hurricane Ian coming through and originally it was supposed, we were supposed to be kind of directly in the path. And I knew that that would definitely, uh, affect the bite and especially the shallow bite. So I really spent my practice doing something I'm kind of uncomfortable doing. Um, and that's offshore fishing, graphing around, fishing offshore rock piles and brush piles and, and that sort of thing, just because I figured that would be the more consistent bite, um, after the storm, whether it be, you know, the creeks get blown out or, or the, the clay gets really churned up on the banks or, you know, a, a plethora of different things can really happen to that shallow bite in a storm like that. Um, so I, I really focused on the deep bite and my plan going in was to, to, go and do that and, and hopefully get some confidence, get a little limit going maybe first thing in the morning on day one, and then really just jump in and, and fish the conditions on the bank as the tournament get, went on. Gotcha. Yeah. Several, several of the pictures I've seen of, of the, of the event. And unfortunately I didn't, I didn't get to watch a lot of the live, um, that was, uh, going on, but it looks like you, you know, spend a lot of time flipping and skipping docks on that deal. Yeah. Yeah, so what kind of ended up happening as the tournament went on is, is day one, um, so funny enough, I actually found a green light on day one, and that's where I started and, and caught my first two, which were solid pound and a half, pound and three quarter fish, which was which were your, your better than average fish this week. Um, but after that, I, I did exactly kind of what I planned to. I went deep, um, dragged Carolina rig around, caught a base limit of, of probably seven, seven and a half pounds, something in there. And then really said, you know, okay, it's becoming clear to me that there, there's not really any sort of better size out here off the bank. And it's time to go shallow and try and pick up a big largemouth. And, and 
thankfully I was kind of almost immediately rewarded with, with a four pound largemouth, And that really just keyed me in, um, to, to really burning down the bank the rest of the day. And it, it kind of boosted my confidence in doing that. Um, and that's, it, it really, it seemed to change every day. Um, I don't know if it was kind of the front just slowly moving out of the area and, and the fish reacting to that. Um, but, but it seemed like that first day I, I could really get a lot of bites on a buzz bait up top. And the only problem was they were committing to it really weird. Um, they grabbed the tail, they'd slap at it. I mean, even that four pounder I caught, I hooked in the eye. I mean, it did not even eat the bait. Oh, wow. So I kind of realized late in the day on day one that I, I needed to switch to something maybe maybe that, that wouldn't get a better bite because it, it seemed like they just didn't want to commit, but something that had a better hookup ratio. And I went to a, a little tiny whopper plopper in the 90 size, not that little fat one, but the mm-hmm. just the smallest normal length and proportioned one. Um and late in the day, in the last hour on day one, I cold twice with two pound and a half, pound and three quarter largemouth that, that really kind of keyed me into, okay, this is maybe the bait that I need to be focusing on. Um, day two, that ended up playing huge. I, I lost a big one, caught a six pounder and, uh, you know, did pretty well on that thing. And day three, it, it really, really, I, I don't know if the front had completely moved in by then or what, but it seemed like day three was really the first day all week that the jig really started to play. And that became my main bait. Okay. All right. The, um, KG questions. Unmute your, uh, un- unmute your mic, dude. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you talked about how, when you, when you started in college, you fish by yourself. Um, you know, t- tell it was that was that by design or 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 did you really not have a choice? I mean, is that it just work out that way? And and tell me what you gained from that. Uh, obviously, it worked out real good with your partner this year. But what did you learn by fishing by yourself? Yeah, so that that really was honestly by design. Um, you know, my, my plan kind of going into college was was to fish alone. I, I kind of felt comfortable fishing alone. Um, originally I, you know, I thought I could do well. And as I kind of thought about it more so in the early years of college, I I realized, you know what, I I do want to make a career out of this. Um, and I kind of almost put it as a challenge to myself to try and learn how to compete alone because, you know, at the top level, you're going to have to. And uh, also it, it, you know, if I can beat a, a majority of the best college guys, by myself while they're fishing as a team, I felt like I'd be the most prepared for when, you know, I went to the opens and, and competed against professionals, um, trying to do the same thing. So day one, you are paired up with, uh, or going against rather Trey Schroeder looks like, and I'm trying, yes. I'm trying to go back and find the weights here. Bass didn't give us much of the weights, but, um, I can, I, I can give you kind of off memory. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think day one I finished with ten pounds four ounces, yeah, and Trey, Trey finished with I want to say eight twelve. Yeah, he had eight twelve. Did did the day one cancellation did that bother you at all? Yeah. So so day one was our seating day, right. um, and, and that was that was you know just kind of going to be a, a one day shootout. And, you know, the places after that day were going to be the seeds. Um, I honestly, 
more than anything, I was fine with it because I didn't want to fish in 20 mile an hour winds with rain. Right. Um, <laughs> that was really why I was fine with it. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I was, I, my plan was for that day to do the same thing I ended up doing in practice, which was just grappling around and, and hopefully finding more offshore stuff. Okay. So I, I personally was okay with it. Um, I, I don't know if it maybe screwed up some other guys or not, but you know, it, it definitely was fine by me when they announced that. So you're, um, did, did, did you and, uh, your, your partner, Michael, did y'all share much information prior to the tournament or during practice? Yeah, we, we actually, we, we actually did. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, a beneficial thing to both of us. We thought, you know, however, the, the tournament ended up unfolding, um, with, with that seating day being canceled, the only way that him and I would face each other was if we made the, the, the final day, right. both of us. So we kind of looked at it as like, look, man, if, if you know what I'm doing, I know what you're doing, and, and we each know where we're doing it. Um, that way we both have something where if the other one gets knocked out, we could go and kind of go off of, of what they had going as well. Because once we got knocked out, it was no information. Right. All right. So day two, you get matched up with uh, Jackson Swisher out of Florida Gateway College. You had the biggest bag of day one, it looks like. Any um, any nerves or anything going into this deal, or just kind of laid back fishing for you? Going into um, the tournament overall, or day two in specific? Well, the tournament overall, and then day two. I mean, because obviously you win, you win round one, right? So you you're moving on. It's got you got to get a little more anxious now. You know, you're you've eliminated <laughs> you've eliminated four. Now you got you know four more ahead of you. So it's um, you know dreams becoming reality or, or getting, you know, 50, 50 shot here, basically. So, yeah, yeah, no. Um, so it's interesting. I, I think I, part of the reason really why it, it's taken uh, me some time to really have it all set in and, and everything is because I really did my best in, in the weeks and days going up into the tournament and, and in the tournament to, to stay as far away from thinking about what was, um, at, at stake really. Um, you know, I, I, I look back on, uh, our second day at Saginaw Bay. It was, it ended up being the, the final day of our team of the year run. Right. Um, and Michael and I were, were ended up a, a point or, well, so we went into the event one point up in standings and, and we went into day two down. We, we fell to our, our, closest followers the messer brothers mm -hmm. um and i i ended up looking at michael you know idling out that morning and said hey man look we're behind we're going shallow smallmouth fishing it's my favorite thing in the world to do i think we need to just go out there and try and have a good time and, and let the chips fall where they may um and that's kind of what we did and it was at least in my opinion um you know weights aside it was by far the best I'd fished as far as free of mind, um, recovering from, from lost fish decision-making. I, I feel like I fished really well that day. Um, so I went into this deal trying to keep the exact same mindset, like, Hey, let, let's just go have fun with it. Um, you know, try and enjoy it as much as possible. And, you know, if we do well, we do well, you know, I definitely had a, a, a what I felt like was a strong strategy um, that I would stick by, but at the same time, you know, I, I just wanted to go fishing. Um, and, and that's kind of how I looked at it. And honestly, I, I really shocked and impressed myself in that. I, I feel like I did a good job of doing that and, and really kept all the nerves for the most part aside. Okay. So day two, 
Um, David, you you probably got that pulled up faster than I do here. Uh, nope, there it is. I think I, I think I just found it. So yeah, so David does a lot of the uh, stuff on our website, and I just all right. So wow, sixteen fourteen day two. That's a heck of a day. Yeah, yeah it it it. I've been talking about it with my buddies. Um, you know, it, it was really cool. I was able to have a number of my my good friends here at Charlotte um, come down and, and follow me around on, on their boats. And uh, we all kind of looked at each other after that day and said, I, you know, I don't know what happened out there, but, but that was special. Um, <laughs> you know, I started off the morning and, and the thing was too, is Jackson had the biggest, he actually had the biggest bag on day one, my competitor. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I knew I had a hill to climb um, as far as fishing against him. And, and instead of going offshore that day and, and getting that limit, I, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go up shallow. I feel like after yesterday, there's a strong enough shallow bite that if I commit to it all day, I'll at least get what I had offshore. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and commit to it. And early on, I, I lost multiple, multiple key fish. I lost um, two fish. First thing that, that felt nice. I missed a couple that, that looked really nice. Then I lost one that was probably three pounds, which was a, borderline giant for this event sure and i i really was just kind of down in the dumps and i decided to just kind of do something i've been doing for years when you know things aren't really going my way i, I kind of just pick the trolling motor up make a run and, and try and restart you know just get a new fresh start on, on a new place and i ran across the lake to, to a bank that i hadn't fished all week started fishing down the bank and, and immediately hooked into a six pounder that i landed and that just completely turned the entire day around. I was able to really, really feel confident and, and fish freely up shallow. I ended up going around um, the point there and catching a, a four and a quarter, which gave me three fish for 11 and three quarters, which would have been enough in and of itself. Um, then I broke off another four. And I was kind of looking at my buddies like, this is ridiculous. I don't know if, you know, the big, I don't know if the big ones are just firing today or what, but it's nine o'clock and I should have 17 pounds in the boat. Um, ended up filling out the limit and, and later in the day, in the last 15 minutes, caught a three and a half, which kind of, you know, I hate to say at any point during the tournament that I, I knew something was happening, but at that point I kind of knew, you know, we would be moving on to the finals. Sure. Sure. So uh, what changed? I mean, really i mean what what was the big difference maker was it weather or something like that what what was the big the big switch from day one to day two? Oh man i honestly i i i, I would kind of it's interesting i watched back on the uh the live feed yesterday just because you know i was fishing so i didn't i didn't get to see kind of any of what went on or any of the commentary it was really cool they had polonic in the studios um doing the commentary i really yeah. wanted to hear what he had to say he, he, he's, he made he's, not, awesome. he's not very good at, at that. So he didn't have much to offer, I'm sure. So, oh, I mean, he surprisingly, he did. Oh, um, he's, a, he's a good friend of ours. He, he, he offers a lot to, to whatever he does. That's for sure. So, but yeah, he, he really is awesome. And, uh, no, I, he, he had some interesting things to say in that, you know, towards the end of the day there on, on the second day, about midway through the day, the bite really slowed down. And then watching it back, I saw that it wasn't just me. It was across the board. Everyone really seemed to struggle um, after about midday. And he made the point that maybe that front was, was kind of really 
just at the tail end of moving through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those bigger fish kind of were aware of that and feeling the pressure change. And that's why they fired so well in the morning for me. Um, which to me, that, that does make a lot of sense. Um, so I, I kind of think that's maybe what happened. Um, that, that fish that I caught at the end, it was a three and a half, which really was a good one, a, a great one actually for the tournament. Um, I think that was just kind of a little deal that I figured out, you know, it was the same exact thing that I figured out the day before. And that at the end of the day, I can kind of go into the back of a pocket and throw that little whopper plopper in some really skinny water and get a bite. And I guess those are just, you know, your typical fall thread fin chasers. And, and that's kind of what I ran into, but you know, outside of that fish, there really was nothing between then and the morning. So I, I think Polnick made a great point in that, you know, maybe that's what the big, the big trigger was for those bigger fish. And uh, I think I was able to capitalize just, just based because I, I went and tried to fish new water and, and maybe I ran into some fish that really hadn't been pressured at all. Um, like I said, you know, it, it is a small lake. And for the most part, it seemed like the entire field focused on the bottom end. So sure. even though it was an eight man field, I think there was some pressure on that, that bottom end of the lake and just kind of running around and maybe finding a stretch that wasn't as pressured and, and really running into the, the right bite window was key for me on that second day. Let me, let me ask you this real quick, going back to the boat deal, yeah. because you don't have a big gas tank. Um, it's not a big boat. You're not, you can't make the runs that these other teams can, you know, most other teams can do. I mean, I've been to some of these tournaments. There's every shape, size of boat out there, you know, in these deals. Absolutely. Is, obviously that changes your strategy a little bit because you can't go that far. So, I mean, in all reality, but I mean, on a small lake like this, you've got a little more freedom, don't you? Oh, I, absolutely. Um, no, no doubt. Um, I, I did focus on the bottom end of the lake, which, which was the closest to the ramp, um, mainly because of, I thought it'd be the most unaffected, you know, by, by the storm, um, in that, you know, as far away from the river and, and potential water flow. Um, but yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I did really feel free in that I could run, you know, a lot of the lake, um, and not have to worry so much about gas, but at the same time, you know, it, it is a fall tournament and, and my thing during any tough tournament, especially fall ones is the more time you keep a bait in the water, the better. So especially on day two, when I had that six pound confidence booster, I, I honestly, I put the trolling motor down and kept it down for about three hours and just burned bank. Right. Um, just because, you know, like I said, it's, it's a fall tournament. The, the bites are few and far between. And I felt like, you know, with the fish scattered and, and the weather changing, the best thing I could do is just fish every inch of the bank. You know, maybe you run into one on a point, one in the back of a pocket, one halfway back. It's kind of all over the place. So you're absolutely right. It, it, I did have the freedom to do so. And I, I think I utilized that big time on day three. Um, but for, for days one and two, I really just kind of stick in my areas and, and buckle down. So day three, uh, final day, it's just, it's you and, um, Seth, is that right? Slanker? Yeah. Seth yep, Slanker. Seth Slanker. You and Seth, 50, 50 shot to go to the classic. <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be some nerves now, dude. <laughs> So I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say there was a little, a little bit, um, going into the morning. I, I really, um, I do feel like by the time we launched, I, I was feeling great. Um, I was loose, 
you know, I, I was at the launch cutting it up with my buddies um, who were there and, and really I had a good mindset. Um, and I, I, you know, the, the drive to the ramp, not so much, <laughs> um, but once I was at the ramp, I, I definitely felt great and confident and, and everything, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was in that same mindset I was in the first two days. And then it all came crumbling down when at uh, about 10 50, 11 o'clock on, on the third day of the tournament of my life, I had two fish in the boat for two and a half pounds. Mm. <laughs> so what do you do? Is your head spinning at that point? It, it was beginning to, um, I don't want to say I was, you know, fully spinning out as we all say, just because, um, trust me, I, I, <laughs> I have spun out and I've spun out bad before. And I didn't think it ever got quite to that, 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 you know, dire mark, but, um, it, it trust me, man, the wheels were turning. It, it was definitely getting ugly. Um, I was really starting to lose confidence. Um, and, and just overall, was not feeling good and uh, kind of made it made a little decision that that I think might have really paid off. And I also want to give a ton of credit to my, my support crew following me. They, they kind of every time I uh, idle up and leave a spot, they'd all be like, man, let's go. You got this. You know, it's just just like the little things that kind of kept my head in it. That's a big um, deal. That's a that's a real yes. big deal. You know, Abs- absolutely. Um and you know, to sort of have that and and make a decision where I actually ran back to that one of the offshore rock piles that that I felt really confident about just catching keepers off of, and I rolled up there, and in about 15, 20 minutes through that Carolina rig, just dragging it, dragging it, and I caught a about a twelve and a quarter inch, thirteen ounce fish, and and all the guys went wild, and you know, I waited number three and. You know, a lot of guys talk about number one and number five being your key fish of the day. And I don't I don't think number three gets enough credit for being kind of <laughs> the, the hump fish, man. You know, you go from it's, from needing three bites to being, oh, you only need two more. Kenneth, that's um, a big deal, isn't it? That 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 really is. It is. It is a big deal. <laughs> Especially when you're late in the day like that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So th- that was really it was a tiny fish. I ended up calling them out by the end of the day, but it was a big one for me. Um and I caught it and, and about instantly left. I said, okay, you know what? We, we got our three. Now I can spend the last, you know, three, four hours on the bank, just grinding out, looking for them bigger bites. And again, it's, it's amazing. You know, the pros talk about when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And when it's your time, it's your time. And I caught that fish immediately rolled up on a little stretch that had been good to me throughout the week. And first dock I rolled up on caught a two and a half pound largemouth. And, you know, about five minutes later, caught my fifth keeper. And and then it was our midday mandatory 15-minute break. And just to have that that really, I mean, in comparison to the rest of the day, and I only had, I think, six and a quarter pounds. It was it was next to nothing that I had in the boat. But to go into that little break with with just a the greatest amount of momentum all day, um, I think that was truly the turning point in the tournament. But you had – I know it was a catchway release uh, type deal, but you had no idea what Seth had, right? Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting thing that um, they talked about a lot on uh, well, live is that – you weren't supposed to know what Seth had, but I'm sure with all your buddies you had a pretty good idea, didn't you? Well, no, so so here it is. Um, we, we, we actually all had the option, um, and this has kind of been a thing throughout the, the bracket history um, – we're at the midday break. They tell you what, what your competitor has. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, All right. 
Yeah. So I, I kind of, for, for my personal reasons, just for my mentality, I, I didn't want to know. So I asked our tournament director, Glenn, before the tournament started, I said, Hey man, is there any way I can not hear <laughs> what my competitor <laughs> has? And, and he said, absolutely. Just uh, ask your marshal and, and you can do that. And it was well highlighted on live that I was the only one out of eight competitors that uh, did not ever ask or want to know. Um, so I had no idea what the standings were. I, I was about sure in, in my head that he had had his, you know, really consistent eight to 10 pounds. It's what he'd done all week long. And I was certain, certain that I was down. Um, and and lo and behold, I was only out by, I think six ounces at the time Mm -hmm. is what I've at least heard from people. Um, but, but to me, really more than, than whatever the weights were at the time. I, I just knew that going into that break, I had all the momentum in the world and, and I had the utmost confidence that uh, it was going to happen in the afternoon, which funny enough, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it in a minute. It, it did not happen. Um, <laughs> I only ended up, I only ended up calling twice more and for about two pounds but you know, that was enough. Um, and, and, yeah, it, 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 I really did feel good coming out of that break. And for me personally, I think that was just the hugest turning point in the tournament. Sure, sure. Kenneth, would you want to know if you're in if you're in his spot, Kenneth, would you would, would you want to know? Uh, you know, I, I really like his attitude and how he, how I looked at that, because, you know, w- when you're out there on the water and you're you're competing against other guys, it really is about you and your decision making at the moment. So, you know, in a way, he may have been better off assuming that that he needed to catch more than what he really needed because it may have – it kind of may have kept him on the right track sure. for the rest of the tournament, where if he'd have known he was real close, it, it might would have really affected him in a negative way. I mean, as an angler on the water, you, it's all about decisions, and, and you really kind of need yep. to push yourself to, to be the best you can. So – um yeah, I, I kind of like his I like his attitude and the way he went about it. Okay, all right. So you uh, yeah. so so you come out of the break. You know, you, you catch that last fish or, or the next fish, two and a half pounder, um, and then um, sealed that off with a a one five, basically with just minutes to go in this deal, right? So yeah, no, I I so what I, I I'm I, bass for some reason in in that that uh. Uh, that little like video and, and also Glenn at the way. And he kept saying, you know, it came down to two twenty seven. I think that was a little bit of uh TV making, <laughs> but uh, no, we would <laughs> never do that. So <laughs> um, it, it actually, uh, the fish that did it was um, after the break, I, I really, I committed to shallow and, and ran around a lot, um, which was something I hadn't done all week, but I, I kind of just started running everything high percentage that I could. And in my mind, that was, main close to main lake docks um in either small pockets or creeks you know just kind of the the docks that were in some sort of pocket or creek but extremely close to the main lake i really just focused on that and and ran as much of that as possible um and with a couple hours i want to say like an hour and a half to go i landed a second two and a half pounder and, and that ended up being the fish um i did call again with that, that one pound, five ouncer. Um, and, and you know, that, that, I guess it was kind of the, the cushion fish for me. It did call me up seven or eight ounces, which again, in this tournament, that was a lot. Yeah. Um, 
but but yeah that that second two and a half that was the one that did it and uh yeah that was that was kind of a i, I felt good about that one um oh, yeah. i still i i still knew i was below nine pounds which is kind of what the target weight was to have a chance um I, I didn't even think nine pounds would do it, but I thought it might give me a chance. Um, and, and that fish had me below that, but I thought that that, that, that fish really got me on the right track. Was there ever a point where you, where you knew you won it before it was announced? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty funny actually. Um, I, I'm not sure if you watched the video with, uh, you know, the, the last seconds of fishing and then the announcement. Um, but I, I truly was shocked and, um, I, I was certain and the way I've kind of put it to everyone, and this is the, the God's honest truth is I, I didn't think that I had won it. I, I didn't think that I had not won it. I, I knew <laughs> that I had lost in, in my head. I, I was beyond certain, um, that I had lost. And it's kind of funny. My, my dad actually called me last night, um, late 1030. I was like, I don't know what my dad's doing. Call me right now, but you know, <laughs> got to pick it up. And he calls me, look, look, my dad, I'm trying to sleep. He's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I got to know. I, I have to know. Be honest. I won't tell a soul. Did you really not know? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I told him, I said, dad, I really didn't. Um, so yeah, no, I, I truly had no clue. That's uh, that's incredible. So you win that, punch your ticket to the classic. You know, I just I happen to be Kenneth and I both were with a guy last week um, that uh, from here in Alabama that has qualified through that through that deal, gone on to finish sixth in his first classic, and then uh, um, lo and behold, the little sob wins two of them back to back later on in life. So yeah. I mean, this this could be is this something you want to pursue? going forward or uh what what are your thoughts here oh absolutely um it's it's you know to fish the classic in and of itself is, has been a dream of mine ever since i started fishing tournaments when i was 14 um you know that's that's really kind of been the it, it, it is the pinnacle of the sport right um just to, to fish one let alone win one um for some people it, it's it's amazing. And, and I, more than anything, I'm just so excited to have the opportunity to fish it. Um, that being said, my, my ultimate goal is, is to do this professionally. Um, it's, it's also been my goal ever since I, I've, I started fishing tournaments. Um, you know, I, I like to say I, I have always been an incredibly competitive person, but, but sucked at every sport I played as a kid, which is why I'm here. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely a goal of mine. And I think that's one of the coolest parts of the college bracket today. I'm not sure if it was the same deal when, when Jordan won it, but, um, today when you win the classic, you get, you know, the boat and truck, you get a nitro and a tundra for a year. And, uh, they, they cover your, I believe striking and lose has a large, large part in, in covering my opens entry fees next year. So I'll have, not only a shot at the classic, but but my full shot at um, you know the the new EQ and all nine opens. Well, listen, we we've got people in this. I've been in this industry twenty one years. We got people. I know Strike King lose guys. So I mean, dude, I, I can get you the hookup now. You know, I can get you the hookup. And if you yeah. want to run that old, if you want to run the R seventy, 
or send me two. I got people at Ranger. We can work on that too. So I mean, that's you know, there's <laughs> there's things that we can help. We can help work on you know, on this side of things. So, <laughs> well, I, I may very well be in touch then. Um, this, this will not be the last phone call we're on. I have a feeling. No, 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 <laughs> it won't be. I promise you that. I promise you that. So. But uh, I know you're excited to, to, to get to Knoxville uh, first of next year. Have you already started doing a map yeah. study or anything on that? Start looking at some of that stuff? Man, I, I, I really have not. Um, and it, it's, not, it's not like Greenwood in that uh, I, it's part of the plan. I, I honestly just, uh, between, you know, the, the craziness that has been um, doing this and, and winning this thing, I've been just bombarded from, from every avenue on, uh, you know, social media and, and my, my cell phone, it's, it's kind of been a crazy deal where I've just been really handling business these last couple of days. Sure. I haven't even had a whole ton of time to uh, get to it, but no, I I'm, I'm very excited to get there. And uh, once everything kind of cools down a little bit here in the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm really excited to taking a look at Fort Loudon and Teleco and kind of seeing uh, what my angle might be in that tournament. Very cool. Very cool. Go ahead, David. Use use the damn foam finger, son. He he he. he <laughs> I put it down for a second. You'd have to you'd have to see this setup to understand it, Lewis. I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. Sorry. <laughs> so, Lou, looking back at Lou the freshman and Lou the yeah. Bassmaster College Classic bracket winner, how have you grown as an angler, or how different are you uh, from then to now? Oh man, that is, that is an excellent question. And, uh, it's, I'll tell you what, like <laughs> just to, to further prove the point that nothing is set in just hearing Lou, the Bassmaster classic qualifier is, uh, really a surreal and kind of, uh, chills, uh, moment. Um, it's, it's just surreal to hear that, but, um, man, I, I feel like I've progressed a ton. I, I truly have. And I think it's just a culmination of, um, fishing the college series, uh, the, all, through these years. I mean, Bass does a great, great job in, um, making it so that the college series includes an incredibly diverse, um, you know, uh, array of fisheries. Um, you know, I've been to Toledo bend and, and Kentucky Lake and, and Lake Cumberland, Smith Lake, Alabama, Gunnersville, Chickamauga. I mean, the list goes on and on. I've, I feel like at, at an affordable price entry fee wise and, and travel wise, I've been able to see a really, really wide array of, of fisheries. So I think that's been a huge contributor um, to my success. Another is um, just me, my, my choice. And, and honestly, in the moment when I was prior to a freshman in high school um, in, in choosing Charlotte as, as a place I wanted to go to school, um, I, did, I wasn't aware of, of just how diverse the fisheries in the Charlotte area are, I mean, we can fish dirty water, clean water, current spotted bass, you name it. And then to come from the background that I did and in, in Northern, you know, coming from New Jersey, I, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in smallmouth fishing and, and grass fishing and all of that. Um, I, I feel like I've, I've just been able to, to see so much and, and, you know, my relatively young career that I really have progressed a lot in the past four years um, but all that being said, you know, all, all those technical kind of things being, being put aside, I think the, the greatest amount of, of 
growth that I've done has been in this year. Um, I, you know, obviously prior to this year, I kind of had a lot of that knowledge and background on all those different fisheries and had at least a clue uh, on how to figure out all of these different kinds of places. But until this year, I really have not um, dialed in the, the mental side of it, which in my opinion is, is the biggest aspect of, of tournament bass fishing. And um, to, to have kind of put together a year that we had with, with team of the year. And, and really, I, I think I kind of really finally cracked into the, the code of, of what, it, what works for me as a tournament angler, as far as mindset, preparation, all of those things. Um, that I feel like has been my, my greatest um, amount of growth, in, in, especially in this past year. Very cool. KG? Well, I, I can't I can't let you go without at least pointing this out because I mean this has been a, a <laughs> yeah. pretty hot topic, you know, for a while. You know, everybody's talking about you know this electronics wars and, and where are we <laughs> headed with that. We've seen the price of boats, you know, skyrocketing the last several years, like everything else, you know, we have to deal with in life. But yeah, I see a lot of anglers, and anglers are the worst for trying to come up with an excuse for not doing well, right? I mean, that's oh you yeah. Know, we all do that to some extent, but I, I see so many guys that, that make statements like I can't be successful because I don't have this or I don't have that, or I can't, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have a fancy boat, whatever. I, I have to applaud you for And there may be some times you feel that way, but obviously this tournament, you didn't, you, you seem to have embraced <laughs> your situation and where you're at. And you're not, you're not looking for excuses you're trying to find a way to better yourself and how can you become the best thing that you can be with the situation you have. So, I mean, it, I, like I said, I just have to applaud you for that. And, and I hope people are listening and pay attention to that because you do not have to have brand new, the fanciest, most expensive equipment in order to be successful in this game. It's all in how you yeah. prepare yourself, what you learn and how you apply that while you're on the water. No, I, I, I could not agree anymore. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I think, uh, especially in this day and age where, uh, <laughs> especially on social media and, uh, in, in that whole day and age that we're living in, everyone likes to get fired up, right. Uh, <laughs> whether it be about, you know, politics or, or, or you've, you know, who, you've who not knows, heard this whatever. show before, have you son? <laughs> it's uh it's everywhere right everyone likes to get fired up and argue and and make a stand um and i honestly i my my kind of stand on on electronics and and all of it is that it is really kind of cool for the sport and it's just the natural progression of it i'm i think it'll shock some people to hear that i'm truly not a an anti-technology person i just happen to agree with exactly what you said um if, if you or a guy out there or, or a kid out there who thinks or, or, or uses the excuse that, oh, you know, I don't have that and that's why I can't perform. Man, that, that just can't be farther from the truth. Um, hard work, you know, as cliche as, cliche as it may sound, um, hard work can get you a long way. Um, at the same time, I'm very realistic and, and know that, you know, maybe not on the Opens or on the Elite Series am I going to compete um, while leaving all the graphs at the house. But, you know, at some of the, the kind of grassroots and, and um, you know, building block trails, the college series, the mm -hmm. nation, 
I think Matty Wong proved it last year. And heck, even even John Cox is out there proving on the Elite Series, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it can be done. Um, if you're saying stuff like that, you, you really are just making excuses and, and not willing to, to put in the sacrifice and the hard work that's needed to, to succeed. Um, so I, I can't agree more. Like I said, I'm, I'm really not anti um, electronics. I don't think they should be banned or anything like that. I, honestly, um, I've truly enjoyed the last about two years because to me, it seems like the fish on the bank have gotten a lot dumber. Um, so I, 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 I can't agree more, uh, with your statement there that, that really it, it is an excuse to say that you can't catch them without that stuff because heck I'm proving it guys like John Cox and Maddie Wong are proving it. Um, and, and it can be done, you know, it's, it might take a little bit more of a hard work, but man, people got to stop feeling bad for themselves and, and really just start putting the work in and, you know, you can accomplish a lot without that stuff. Well said. Well said. Well, brother, we're going to let you go. We've taken up way too much of your time tonight. Great interview. <laughs> really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk between now and then, but if not, I can't wait to shake your hand and meet you in Knoxville for the Classic and um, get my picture with that R72 somewhere, wherever it's on the water or in the show. I can't wait to see it. So I, That that sounds perfect to me, Chris, and uh, thank you all so much for having me on. It, it's been a blast, and like you said, man, I can't wait to meet you at the Classic. It's going to be fun. Oh, hang on. Yes, sir, Kenny. You know, if you, if you can't fish it in the classic, I, I think because you know Ranger's going to be there with the booth, right? Ranger oh, yeah. should have that boat in their booth for the classic. I got a guy. I got a guy. Right. I'll call him in the morning. I got a guy. So that that should happen. <laughs> yep, absolutely. That Let, should let's happen. Get, so. Yeah, let's get that boat there. I think she deserves it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, brother. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right, guys, you too. It's It's been a pleasure, and uh, you guys have a great night. You too, buddy. Thanks. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Well, guys, there he is, Lou Manetti, qualifying for the Bassmaster Classic. Dude, I'm, hey, 901-493-0437, Exxon Hotline, brought to you by Trickstep. Shoot us a text, yes or no, should the R72 Sport run at the Classic? I want to. I want to see it. I think that would be... Forget all the all the jazz and glitter and flake and sapphire mist and black ice and all that other whatever they call it, all that stuff, KG. Run the sport. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. More coming. Hang up. Hang tight. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue and a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. 
Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. (laughs) I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Our friends from Revital Outdoors want you to enjoy the outdoors comfortably with premium CBD products that help give you your competitive edge back. The CBD sports cream, gummies, and soft gels are all 100% THC-free. Recommended by pros like Mark Menendez, Terry Bolton, Shaw Greasy, Brian New, and more. Plus, all the products come with a money-back guarantee. Check out RevitalOutdoors.com. Use code ANGLERSCHANNEL20 for 20% off your order and get out there and make memories that will last a lifetime. I use the sports cream. I use the soft gels. My dogs get the dog treat gummies. The dog treats, not gummies. They love them. I love them. It's good stuff. You got to check them out. RevitalOutdoors.com. Use code ANGLERSCHANNEL20. And make sure you sign up for their newsletter. They got some good stuff and some good deals from time to time that you'll want to know more about. Check them out, revitaloutdoors.com. All right, um, so I'm cruising the interwebs, and I I saw it, kind of ignored it. I mean, I didn't ignore it. Everybody couldn't ignore it, right? I mean, Fox News, freaking the highway. I'm mowing grass a little more than the freaking highway on Sirius XM is talking about it. Um I walk in, so I go somewhere else and I pull up and like the wrap, I, I'm sorry, taking the wrap off my truck because it's, it's not looking good. So I've been peeling it off uh, a little at a time. And so all it says is like channel now on the back and got a half a fish on it. And I pull up somewhere and this guy's like, Hey, do you know those guys in the show day lay waiting in that fishing mouth? And I'm like, no dude, that, that wasn't me. Uh, we're nowhere near it. Sorry. I mean, it's like, no. And then I, I'm cruising the interwebs today. Not cruising. I just happened to see it. Uh, probably in traffic. Um, but our friends from Outlaw Outdoors bought a damn metal detector to scan their bags. Um, what in God's name is going on down there or up there? David, they're up in your neck of the woods. So, I mean, what? I mean, I, this is idiocy at its finest, I would say. KG, give me, I, I, give y'all, give me y'all's thoughts, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Hit me. Well, you said you said David first, so go ahead, David. Go ahead, David. Let's hear it. Well, I'm pretty sure by now, for those that have been following, have heard pretty much every single angle. But I'll keep it simple. My only thing that I'm gonna say about it is, if you're gonna cheat, I guess maybe they went all in on it. But I'm like, you think? Hey, you think they had more than twice the weight of the second place? You're like, wow, you could at least have been a bit more modest with how much you cheated. You pretty much, you know, with the size of the fish they had, but you know, 
it sucks that you know that, that these guys and we don't know how long because it, it's a lot of alleged type stuff but uh more than likely these guys haven't this is not the first second or third time doing they've probably been doing it for quite some time and it sucks that um yeah you know that i mean even though it's walleye you know a lot of a lot of the these uh different new news agencies that are sharing this story and all the different people that are finding out about you know competitive fishing that you know they're not gonna do you know be able to say, hey, you know, is that bass fishing? It's, it's, they just understand it's a fishing tournament. So, regardless if it's a it's a walleye event, that it's still going to shed negative light on some way when on the bass side too. So, but yeah, it sucks that you know, you know, when I guess when when it's that much money that's on the line, even when 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 it's what a couple hundred bucks on a weekend tournament or whatever, uh, money does things to people. So, yeah, well, it, it does say to people, hang on a minute, KG, before you go, I, you know what? I'm just going to hold it. Go ahead, KG. You, you well said, David. No, KG, no, have it. No, 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 not doing it. <laughs> I'm, go, do I'm it, go. I'm comfortable because I'm struggling with which direction to go here. So, well, you know which direction I'm going. It ain't going to be pretty. So, uh, well, uh, all right. So, I, obviously, the best thing that happened is they finally got caught. Right. Right. Because, we we assume based on what we've learned the history of things that's gone on that this has been going on for a while so obviously the best thing is they finally got caught um but and and you know i've seen some reports of guys you know that are really kind of jumping on some of the organizations saying that you know they've known of people that have cheated and this and that and and the organizations hadn't done anything well if you really if you really think about this okay and and maybe even in this case this case may even be hard to prosecute and we we know way more than we probably do in any other case where someone's been accused but it's it's going to be it's really hard to officially you know do anything to guys that cheat in tournaments i mean how do you prove what they've done i mean you know we we can assume a lot right and we're probably right most of the time but that's that's not the way a court works, you know, if, if you're trying to prosecute someone, but I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though, especially in, in the day and age we live in now with social media, the anglers should not have to worry about the organization pointing this out. If, if there are known guys, oh. that, I mean, guys that are, that are known cheaters that are fishing your tournaments, they need to be put on blast. Oh my okay? God. Because there, there could be, look, Chris, there could be a tournament down in South Alabama that we don't know about. You know, we don't hear about it where we are. Right. If guys are down there known as known cheaters, put them on blast so we all find out about it. Right. They could be banned from a tournament down there and we would never know it. Never it could know. Be a Tuesday, Tuesday night tournament, we'd never know it. Then all of a sudden they fish, you know, BFLs, on a, you know, or or some other team tournament or whatever it is. Right. Cheat in, in another area and people just don't know it. But put them on blast. I mean, come on, let's, let's don't wait for the organization to do it because we know they're going to tiptoe through the situation. Okay. But, so as anglers, but hey, let's make sure we know what we're talking about though. They need to be known, known cheaters. Let's put them on blast. Apparently these guys had, had uh, failed polygraph tests in the past. I mean, there, there's probably been enough to where they should have been banned from practically every tournament anyway. Right. Right. I mean, that's the easiest thing to do. Sure. Uh, and, you know, we there are some tournaments, you know, we're involved in one that I think if you've, if you've been, uh, uh, you know, failed polygraph or whatever, you know, you're not allowed to fish in them. And, and more organizations probably need to kind of take that stance. 
but there again, the information needs to get out there. Yeah. So, you know, this day and age with social media, come on anglers, let's step up. If there's guys that you know are cheating, let's let's rat them out. Let's not let these guys enter more tournaments. Because when, when you know that they, that it's happened, don't let them enter another tournament. Agreed. And, and and that's the thing too. I mean, it's there's 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 another side of this as well that you know we're all hearing about. And this isn't a walleye tournament. <clears throat> it's walleye up north. We ain't got them down here in Alabama. They got them up north. And now all of a sudden, it's fishing in general. Those guys ruin it for everybody, right? I mean, bass fishermen, crappie fishermen. If you fish a tournament, these guys are ruining it for everybody. I do want to give props, though. I got to give props to those fishermen who fished that tournament that didn't cheat for not absolutely if that if that way it happened down here i cannot guarantee those men's safety and i'm really surprised up there that they didn't get just freight trained by the biggest dude there because i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something if i'm standing behind that guy and i see a tournament director cut his fish open and pull that weight out i'm popping him in the back of the head blindsiding him, right? I'm not, I mean, you're taking my money, damn it, for years, allegedly? No. Sorry. Uh-uh. I'm on, we're going to have a conversation at some point in time. But, I mean, it just, it kind of, it it kind of casts a shadow on, on all of us, you know? In, in my opinion, those guys need to, they've already deleted social media completely because they're, I mean, they're gone. Um, I read today in Bass Blaster that one of them apparently is had a violent, a domestic violence charge like two months ago. Um, so there's another strike. But I mean, pick a different hobby like knitting or crocheting or something because you're never ever going to pull to a boat ramp again and be able to fish without somebody accusing you of cheating. No matter if you're fish fishing with your kids. Or if you're fishing a derby, you'll never fish a derby again. And if it's and if it's me, you won't have a fishing license ever, anyway. And, and you know that that may be more effective than than people just you know handling it there at, the, at you know at the weigh-ins. Yeah. Because especially if it can if they can actually be prosecuted by law, then that's definitely the the best thing. But can you imagine these guys? Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know how far away they they live from this area but i mean these tournament trails kind of out of the same area all the time right so could you imagine like you know trying to go to the grocery store you know and all the people heckling you i mean you, these guys probably can't go to a restaurant or anywhere <laughs> you, without you can't hard time. you can't buy fish in a, in a restaurant which is ever. deserved yeah. by the way they would deserve everything <laughs> anybody would give them huh. they they would and I, I you know we know what happens we know what happens and i'm like you if you know it, if you've seen it, if you have an inkling of it might be going on, you got to speak up. You got to get it out there. You got to prove it and then get it out there. In 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 this sport, cheaters have no place, in my opinion, no matter, if it, I, I, no matter what it I is. Will, I will say this. Everybody's kind of jumped on how these guys did it. It was kind of an, an – it seemed like an odd way that they were doing it. You know, it looks like in the walleye tournaments, they're not weighing in live fish. They're dead fish. Right. So it would probably, in my in my opinion, it would probably be easier to get away with something like that. 
as opposed to trying to bring in five bass that are, that are alive and still kicking mm-hmm. um, for that scenario. But, but I mean, we, we've, we've seen it in the past. I mean, there was a guy that fished um, FLW that, that cheated big time and, Oh yeah. Um, you know, and they, you know, they finally, they finally realized what he was doing and banned him. Um, but they couldn't, they couldn't prosecute the guy. All they could do was, was give him a, a permanent ban. But, and I think most people, he was from Georgia. Most people down here at least knew who he was, but, um, well, we didn't have social media back then quite like we do now, but that's what I'm saying. That it, those guys need to be, people need to, in the fishing community to know who they are when it happens, make sure everybody knows it, put on permanent ban for everything. Don't give them the chance to do it again. And social media now, I mean, there should there should be no reason that this should not become a, a nationwide thing just based off of social media. Who was it? Somebody, Best on Tour, had one out uh, on their newsletter this morning um, talking about uh, the lead weight deal, and it says it's not the first. And talked about in 2010, one um, Bass U.S. Open, Mike Hart cheating in those. Before social got big, I guarantee you he's still fishing somewhere out there, right? And nobody's thinking about that. Maybe not today after Best Bass dropped that little little tidbit on him. But, I mean, it's, yeah, the, it's you got to get it out there. You got to talk about it. If you fell a polygraph, dude, I mean, it's like a, I don't know, other sports have got, you know, like a targeting deal where you're out. You know, if you get tossed from a game, for targeting, you're out that you know half of that game and half the next or the whole next game, whatever it is. You know, soccer got the red card. You're out the next game, dude. If you, I mean, if you fail a polygraph, I think you should be DQ'd for a you know. Here's here's the deal, okay? If if you're a tournament director or tournament organization, fishing your tournament is not a right; it's a privilege. Absolutely, okay. So you you have the right to allow people to enter or not allow them to enter. Mm-hmm. So I, you should really think very long and hard. If you don't have this as part of your registration process, it should be a part of your rules. If you have previously failed a polygraph test for whatever reason, you're not allowed to fish my tournament. Right. I mean, what are you hurting? Nothing. What you're gaining is the potential of having someone fish your tournament that a lot of the guys are already assuming is cheating you know, before it starts, Mm -hmm. that's what you don't need to have. Right. So put it in your rules, abide by it. Don't feel bad for it. Yeah. Don't feel bad at all. And I was, I just came across a, a deal that I was trying to, trying to show. And then I changed my screen and of course it went away because I, again, technologically challenged this week, apparently. Um, but, uh, our good buddy, Crispin Pally put a nice little meme up and it's a, of a, a guy at war and it says, my dearest Penelope, he's writing a letter, right? Cause he's at war. My dearest Penelope, it's day three of the lead weight memes. And I fear there will be no end. So stop it with the lead weight memes. So, so, so now I, now I jump on the other side. Okay. The, jump the, on it. The worst, the worst part of this is. The most known thing in fishing in the world right now is guys cheating. Exactly. That's the sad that's, that's the sad, sad part. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly there are right. So many, there are so many good stories, so many positive stories. We just talked to a guy that, you know, has a great story. Uh, college angler who's who's <laughs> done something that's, you know, that many, many people out there dream of doing, and he's he's gonna have the opportunity to do that. 
that's the worst part is this thing has grown like crazy, spread like wildfire, wildfire, and all the positive good things in the sport aren't doing that. Right. No, nope. you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And um, be like our friends from the OGS tournaments down on Lake Martin. Make sure your bass are like is like your gas, unleaded. So that's the last thing I got to say about it. 901-493-0437. That's your Exxon hotline. Brought to you by Trickstep. I know you got opinions. I'm going to be on a cruise for a week. I would imagine I'm going to come home to a shit ton of text messages and voicemails about this. So please bring them on. I also got to give a big shout out to our buddy, Andrew Hatfield. Andrew was our seventh texter last week, and he is the winner of, uh, what did I give away? A vicious gift card and a sportsman's gift card. Is that right? Yep. Okay, That's good. Right. I'm glad I remember that. So, yeah. So we got that going on. Uh, so Andrew, congratulations. Be on the lookout for an email from me uh, shortly. You'll be getting that. Uh, when I return from vacation, if I come back at all, you never know. I might find me a – me and the wife may end up on a beach and miss that boat. Who knows? You never know what, what can happen down way down south. Uh, episode number 250, 250 coming up when, I come, when we come back. So it'll be right ahead of the Alabama Bass Trail Championship for the year. But uh, episode 250, so y'all start getting your thoughts in on uh, who we're going to have on the show for episode 250. And, um, David, I saw one in the old book of faces today. You were uh, slaying smallmouth with KVD this time last year. So, um, Yes, sir. And, KG, it looks like you're getting ready to head uh, head that way. And, uh, look, you got um, you got a good little list here. Jay's- there's, there's no chance of me with KVD, but I've got other, other options. You got plenty of options here, dude. Plenty of options. Jay Secure, <laughs> Mark Zona. You have a blast with Zona. Uh, Mark Rose, Mark Davis, Jason Secure, Billy Mack, Mark Menendez, and Josh Strachner. So you have a good time, dude. You have a blast. So um, I I'm see, looking forward to it. Yeah, you should have a uh, really good time up there. David, any pointers for KG before he gets up there? Pack warm. How cold yep, is it? Just bundle up. Bring some layers. It ain't, it ain't like it is down here, brother. The, the weather doesn't look too bad yet, but it's it's similar to looking at, you know, the weather down here, Chris. You know, I started looking three or four days ago. Now, hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, hear me out. <laughs> I see your face. Hear me out. I started looking three or four days ago, and every day when I look, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm used to that aspect of it. But, you know, Tuesday looks pretty consistent. Wednesday, I've seen – Upwards of fifty percent chance of rain. Okay. Um, I'm almost kind of hoping it rains a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. All right. It it, it might it might give me more time to fish. <laughs> when the cameras don't when, when it's raining, the cameras don't come out. Now listen, I I tell you like I told David last year. You know, get you some content, but make sure you catch you some fish. You got you got to catch some fish. That's that's the whole. You got to play with the stuff. You got to learn from the best. Get you some content though, but make sure you catch some fish. We, I got, I, I, I want to see when I when I come off the boat though, on the fifteenth. I want I want pictures. There better be pictures in my in my text messages. Lord God knows between between you two and and then Michelle, it's gonna y'all <laughs> fuck y'all gonna blow me up. I'm just it's gonna be bad. So do that, but that'd be good. Kizzy, you you have your, a good time. Kizzy, what's your personal best smallmouth? 
personal best that has been weighed that I know for fact is 513. Oh, okay. Got a shot. So you're saying right. there's a chance, David. You're saying there there's be. a chance. If, if they show up, you know, I think. Uh, what was yours last year? Like a five and a half, but. I think the biggest one, I think Keith Combs called like a seven. But I mean, there's a lot of four and five. So worst case, you'll be, you know, you might have a, you know, a pretty bad, unless you're wearing gloves, pretty bad bass thumb. So I yeah. would, I would hate for you to come home with bass thumb, KG. I really would. <laughs> Look, I've, no, listen, no I've already restocked the trailers. I've restocked the first aid in the trailer. We got it all. So you're good for the week after. I mean, you can't fish, but I'd hate for you to come home with bass thumb. I really would. That'd be tough. I, I don't have to use my thumb for work, so I'll wear it out and catch a fish. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Folks, thanks for hanging out with us this week. Uh, again, 901-493-0437. That's the external hotline brought to you by Trickstep. Please uh, hit us up, voicemail, text message, whatever you want to do. Uh, we'd love to know your thoughts on uh, Leadgate um, and Walleye Gate or whatever you want to call it and anything else scumbags. you want to talk about. Scumbags, dipshits, assholes. I mean, you name it. I'm just, they're lucky they're alive at this point, I think. So, but uh, they'll have a hard time. Go ahead, David. Just put, just put the damn hand up, oh, son. I was waiting until you, until you were done there for a second. I didn't want to interrupt your, uh, your uh, train of thought there. But before we end, I guess, as we record this, uh, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame is happening. Yeah, that's right. And going in this year is what? Tommy Biffle, Kathy Fennell, Dewey Kendrick, Steve Quinn, Lonnie Stanley, and the late Aaron Martins. So, and the, yeah, that's awesome. Big fan of all those guys. Steve Quinn, one of my favorites. It's not Steve Quinn, Medicine Woman. It's Steve Quinn, the writer. Danny Quinn from Rapala. It's his dad. Uh, Steve is a, uh, a heck of a guy, amazing writer and amazing photographer. So be a, be a really good deal. I got a, I got a text earlier recording from charity, um, Yulenweg. Um, did I say that right, David? You're my, That's you're, all right. you're, you're my, you're my transcriptionist, uh, or whatever the translator. If you say it fast enough, you might be able to get away with missing yeah. it. Away. Charity M. She sent me a text. One of any, if me or any of my guys were going to be there. And I said, I'm going on a cruise and David and, or Ken is getting ready for a media event. And uh, not, we're not going to be there. So one day we're going to go. I promise. We'll get up there. Be a good time. Don't forget Toyota Bonus Bucks. ToyotaTrucksBonusBucks.com. If you got a Toyota, sign up. Fish. It's free. Could win some money. Could win a new 4Runner, too. So make sure you get signed up on that and whatnot. So, But, again, folks, thanks for hanging out with us this week. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. If you like it, tell your mom and in. If you don't, tell them anyway. We'd love to. We'd love to get, grab some, some new listeners. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, again, off next week. Show number two fifty coming the week after. I got a full week to prepare. Maybe do a little better than today. So for our buddy, Mister Louis Lewis Manetta, Lou, thanks for being part of the show. So can't wait to see that boat. For uh, for David, for KG, guys, have a great week and weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. KG, don't take it personal. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.